The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. This is a program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. That's what we've been doing each week on this show for, I'm the eighth year. I was one of the first shows on Voice America, and I'm very proud to be one of the first. And we started out with about 25 shows. Now there are about 300 shows. Today we're talking about women and women being empowered. My guest is Sharon Wegshetter-Cruz, who's a nationally known consultant, educator, and author of 17 books, many of which have been translated into French, German, Spanish, Greek, Portuguese, and Japanese. She was the founding chairperson of the National Association for Children of Alcoholics. As a family therapist, she's conducted workshops around the world, consulted with the military, school systems, business and industry, with treatment centers, and corporations. Her brand new book is called Calling All Women from Competition to Connection, Advice and Inspiration for Women of All Ages. Welcome, Sharon. Well, thank you so much. It's good to talk to you again, Patricia. Yeah, I enjoy is. my interviews with you. Thank you. Why is your book different from other books on women? I think the main way that it's different is that we wanted to experiment with um, almost soundbite advice and inspiration. Women are so busy today, they just don't have time to sit down and read a book on every subject that interests them. And so what my publishers and I decided to experiment with is writing a book that would have very short and yet meaningful chapters so that a woman could pick this book up and set it down depending on her interest that day and yet complete a, a full thought. Yes, which is, which is really, really important. Where do you get your information and advice from? Well, I spent 30 years in small counseling rooms with women of all ages at all stages, and I continue to do that uh, to this day with women's retreats and women's empowerment workshops. And so a lot of the time I simply listen to the women, find out what works for them, find out where their stumbling blocks are, and then try to go ahead with them to work through that. Mm-hmm. My belief is that women are strong and they're resilient and they're smart. And given information and choices, um, they're also risk-takers and are willing to try new behavior on their own behalf. So do we still need counseling, Sharon? Well, many people do, but perhaps many people can help themselves a lot before they have to um, decide that it's time to go for counseling. Counseling uh, is a very important part of many people's lives and at different stages. 
And yet, um, again, today, because of the economy, because of how busy women are, about how many different tasks they have to complete, they often don't have the time or the money uh, to get to counseling. And so what this book is attempting to do is to bring a lot of behaviors, new behaviors to try, a lot of understanding about day-to-day issues, and then when ready, the book does suggest that people can go on to groups, to support groups, to counseling or whatever. It doesn't replace counseling, but it sort of delays the process when women are able to solve some of their own issues. Okay. You know, one of the things... um one of the things that I that is in your bio, you are yes. a counselor, and not just being a counselor, but you are also the founding chairperson for the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. Yes, I was you back have in been a long time around ago. Around addiction for a long time, I'm sure. Yes, I have been around the addiction field for 25 plus years. How and do you relate a lot to of work. this? And what I mean by that is that you know, once you start getting into addictions and Women, or in this case we're talking about women, women with uh, compulsive behaviors and addictive behaviors, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, food, gambling, smoking, no matter what it is, uh, how does this apply? How does this book apply? Yes, or how does this book apply? Okay. Or is the work much deeper then? The work is much deeper. Uh, one of the one of the chapters in the book uh, helps a woman uh, walk through her life and figure out whether or not uh, her drinking could be becoming an issue. There is there are non drinkers. There's social drinkers. There's um, heavily dependent uh, women, and then there are addicted women. And this book helps people sort out those different stages. I think uh, drinking is becoming much more commonplace among women today, and this book helps them um, begin to sort out when to seek further help and where to go to get it. Uh, smoking, of course, is a huge addiction in this country, and uh, particularly for younger women, all the way down to, uh, in a study my husband did recently, uh, we found out that the average young woman that begins smoking begins at 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for young women and for working women, um, smoking is and has uh, remained uh, a serious issue. The book uh, addresses that issue. Um, so of you, course, so relationships. So even if you're in an addictive or you're in a 12-step group or you're going through recovery, this book, Calling All Women from Competition to Connection, applies. It absolutely does, because one of the things that all addictions respond well to is uh, group connection, group support, but it also responds to the fact that a person needs to make a lot of decisions for themselves as they are um, facing some of these challenges, and they and the book can sit down and have a very meaningful one-to-one relationship and do Mm -hmm. some serious soul searching. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, you talk about where women work together. Absolutely. And uh, uh, someone once said, I forget exactly how it said, but it, it, said, it was something similar to um, women support each other. Uh, men have a tendency to stand by each other. Women tend to get to the nitty-gritty and right down to the emotional level and can uh, profit a lot by sharing with girlfriends, sharing mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, coworkers, and it's easier for women oftentimes. I'm not saying men can't do this 
the same thing, but I think it's more difficult for them. And, and you so know, women have a resource. You do address. I mean, you address alcoholism. You address uh, you address smoking. You address suicide. I mean, you address these tough issues. In this I book. do. I do, and uh, my experience has been in working with women is that with information and connection, there is a lot a woman can do for herself. Now, please don't get me wrong in any way that I'm not suggesting that they do not also need support groups and sometimes counseling, coaching, all of that's very important, but many women don't know where to begin, so they don't do anything. And this book can serve as a bridge between knowing I have something I need to do and exactly what am I going to do about it. Mm, Very good. Now, one of the things in your book, and if we don't have time to finish in this this, uh, segment, we will in the next. One of your chapters is Navigating Life's Emotions Isn't Easy, and you list probably, oh, I don't know, I'd say about 50 or 60 emotions. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying here is that it's very important to be able to identify what the emotion is that you're feeling. You know, that's true because not until we identify the true feeling are we able to embrace it and then deal with it. Many women believe that what they are feeling is um, anxiety and maybe what that really is is fear. And when they figure out what they're afraid of and find ways to challenge that fear, their anxiety lessens. And you can walk through almost all of the feelings in that same way. When we know what we feel, then we can feel it and do something about it. Otherwise, they seem to fall into little buckets of uh, stress, anxiety, um, you know, resentment. I need to ask you this because I find this with me, and it seems almost to be a paradox, but sometimes I could feel discouraged and inspired at the same time. Does that make sense to you? Um, Yes, it does, because I think, you know, uh, it's been said again that there's about 144 different feelings. I only listed some of them, Um, but there are about 144 different feelings that people have, so it's Mm -hmm. very uh, clear that we can be feeling many different things at the same time, but we also can understand them. I'll tell you another paradox for myself. Um, I am a very spiritual person, so I have a deep, deep faith, and yet... I can find myself in fearful situations where I try to control. Mm -hmm. And so I can have faith and fear all at the same time. Mm -hmm. But when I know that about myself, then I know what steps to take because of that. All right. When we come back, I think that would be a great thing to talk about is what steps do we take when we have these feelings, you know, feelings of anxiousness or helplessness or being scared or fearful? Yeah. what, What are some of the the things that we can do that really help us. Well, right on. All right. And your book, Sharon, is Calling All Women from Competition to Connection. Correct. Advice and inspiration from women of all ages. And did you find stories of women and tell their stories in the book? Not really. There aren't a lot of stories in the book. There are mostly, there. I forget how many chapters, I think there's 80-some chapters, but there are three and four pages of solid advice or inspiration. Um, it is not uh, as much of a storybook as it is an instructional book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how can people find it? Um, it's just about everywhere. It's on Amazon. 
It's published by HCI Publications. They can order it off uh, the Internet when they do that. I believe they, they run a special on it most of the time. It's in Barnes & Noble, and it's in Borders. So it's pretty available, and um, I'm really happy to say that people are really taking a lot from them, and I'm getting a lot of feedback. That's wonderful. All right, again, my guest is Sharon Wedgshedder Cruz. Her book is Calling All Women from Competition to Connection, Advice and Inspiration for Women of All Ages. You're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. And you can write to me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com, and I will send you a copy of my February newsletter. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america if you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com All right, everybody. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And my guest is Sharon Wedgshedder Cruz. Her book is Calling All Women from Competition to Connection. Sharon is a nationally known consultant and educator. She's the author of 17 books which have been translated into many languages. She was the founding chairperson of the National Association of Children of Alcoholics, and she's a family therapist who has conducted workshops around the world. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you. We were talking Thank during you. the break about all the, the addictions that are affected, um, you know, in terms of um, the work that you've done and how now this book talks to women about addiction, but you also said that men are very uh, are reading this book and enjoying it as well. I am loving the feedback that I'm, I'm getting uh, through my website from men who have bought the book or been given the book by a family member. And what the men are saying to me uh, is that 
it's a way for them to really understand their wives, their lovers, their girlfriends, their daughters, their mothers, their sisters, that uh, they're getting a whole different idea about how women think and what women's needs are. So it's been really interesting. The book came out just before the holidays, and um, it was a very popular holiday gift book for men. So what's, what would you say is one of the main things we need to look at if we want to... You know, if we want to be happy, you talk here in your book about having good health, enough money, friendship, beautiful surroundings, continued activity, and purpose. That's correct. That, that is correct, just what you said. I, I believe that satisfaction is a key word here. Uh, people um, are coaxed all the time through media, through uh, many different ways, to have more and more and more. I know I've been talking recently with some groups in the, the field of technology, and um, they say that it's getting tiring to barely be able to learn one piece of technology before the next piece of technology comes out, that somehow we are set up for more and more. Well, translated, that can happen in relationships. People oftentimes uh, have to have different relationships, more relationships, something changing. And that leads a lot, I believe, to a current problem in our culture, which is uh, relationship and uh, sexual um, compulsivity. Um, so much of that. We're hearing that everywhere. I don't know if we're just hearing it everywhere or if because of recent happenings in the news, everyone's talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, if it's mm-hmm. a whole lot different than it's ever been. But well, and I think, I think now people are seeing it as a disease before it was bad behavior. That's you know, correct. If you sexually acted out, it was bad behavior, and now it's really, there's, it's a disease. There's an issue there. It's a compulsivity. Mm-hmm. It's a compulsivity. And once we began to really understand codependency, we learned that it's one of the five key parts of codependency, the first being um, it's easy for us to go into denial. And when we go into denial uh, about anything, whether it's about a relationship, whether it's about a chemical, um, regardless of what it's about, when we deny the truth of what is, then we become very compulsive to protect our way of seeing things. Right. When we do that, we ignore our feelings because at some level we know the truth. Mm-hmm. And we have to ignore the guilt, the shame, the anger, the, the so forth, because the feelings we pull on are the feelings of excitement and newness. And um, whether we're acting out or not, we feel bad about that. And when we, when we have denial, compulsivity, and the shutdown of feelings, then we begin to feel bad about ourselves, and it's the beginning of dependency and addiction. Hmm. Although there are people that you would describe like that who would say, oh, I'm fine, I'm happy. Well, go back to square one. That's the denial. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, now you have in your book 12 Secrets to Being a Successful Baby Boomer. Uh-huh. And I would, I would say a successful person. And I want to read them because I think they're very powerful. Ignore non-essential numbers like age and weight. Mm-hmm. Keep only cheerful friends. Keep learning the computer, languages, sports, and anything else that interests you. Find each day's gift. Travel. Learn differences firsthand. Accept that loss will occur. Cry and move on. Be alive while you are alive. Surround yourself with everything you love. 
like family, pets, and music. Cherish and protect your health. Avoid guilt, shame, rage, and blame. Tell the people you love that you love them as often as possible. Stay active physically and learn about and practice ways to reduce stress like yoga, dance, and sports. Sounds good to me, just hearing you read them. <laughs> and you know what? If we, if we make an attempt to do something in each of those areas and to do it regular on a daily basis, there is almost no time left over for boredom, guilt, shame, uh, anger, and so forth. And that's a strong feeling that I have is that we as women, um, and as men too, but we as women can be proactive in our lives. Um, you know that culturally and over history, uh, women haven't always stepped out in their own behalf. They've been waiting to have a partner. They've been uh, waiting to get that promotion. They've mm-hmm. been waiting to set up their career. And I believe that women don't have to wait anymore. The time is now. If not now, when? Mm-hmm. And there is much more confidence. There is much more uh, assertiveness. It's time for women not only to empower themselves through the ways that you were just speaking, but a true, powerful woman wants to empower other women. Hence the second part of the title of the book, Calling All Women, From Competition to Connection. Mm-hmm. Because in the work that I've been doing and in the workshops and the retreats and so forth that I've been putting together with, with women uh, that come from all over the world, they're not just from the U.S., but we have women from Australia, New Zealand, Europe that come to these workshops, what I am seeing is that a powerful woman wants all women to be powerful. There isn't competition. How does that fit in today's world with finding the right man when you're a very powerful woman? I don't think there is a right man. What I really believe is that you become the person you want to find, and when you've become that person, someone just like you will be attracted to you and to Mm. them. Hmm. That's what I believe. Uh, I think every woman has a picture of the kind of man she'd like to have. Um, wouldn't all woman, women like to have a man that has access to his feelings, takes care of himself job-wise, knows how to walk through the world, is kind, um, takes risks, list out whatever things that you have value on, and then spend a year becoming that. And then there's two possibilities, and the one I believe that I've seen happen more than any other is that once you become who you'd like to be with, that person will find you. Mm -hmm. Or secondly, guess what? You don't really need them because you have everything that you're looking for. Um, and, And there are many, many single women who have decided that's the route for me. I feel free, I feel connected, I, whatever. But I think both things happen. I think you become who you want to have in your life and that person will find you. Or you may decide you don't. And the beauty of that is when you find that person, guess what? You don't need them. So there aren't all the entrapments that there are in some relationships that are needy. You meet mm-hmm. someone that, that you can share your life with, not because you need them. Mm-hmm. Such good advice, and you have that in your life. I do, and I'm just happy as 
as I can be. And there was a time in my life after I raised my children, um, I was single for, for several years, and I thought, you know what? I like this lifestyle. I really do. I had come uh, from a family which there had been addictions, and uh, it took me a long time to become a free, moving, free spirit coming from that system, and I found out I really liked it. And within two years after deciding I really liked being single, um, my perfect soulmate just appeared on the horizon, and we've been together now. Um, this week we celebrated 26 years. Oh, how wonderful. And I would do it all over again in a minute. Hmm. During that time, did you want to meet someone? Was there a desire to have a partner? I think I was open to it, but it wasn't It wasn't a focus or it wasn't a big deal. I was so busy enjoying my free life. I began to travel. I learned new hobbies. I went back to school. I... Um, I did a lot of traveling. Um, I read. I made many wonderful girlfriends. And it was like, in the back of my mind, I knew I was open to a relationship. But you know what? It truly did not matter if it did not happen. And it was Mm -hmm. at that moment that my soulmate walked into my life. You know what this reminds me of, Sharon? When I've heard so many people talk about how they've tried so hard to have children, and they try and they use these methods and, and they just they try and try and then one day they stop trying and she gets <laughs> pregnant. That happens very often and I have to say uh, that's a good analogy because that's about what it was like. And I really had to stop and think when we first began dating, um, do I have time for this? My life is really full and do I have time for this? And it took me a good year to devote enough time to let a relationship begin to grow. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, it, it's only gone on since then. Isn't that wonderful? It is. It's, good. It's, a, it's a good story. And I believe that, I do believe that um, not only women, but men who are out there as well, people do want good relationships. Um, and I do believe that everybody likes connecting if and when they can, but I also believe and have met so many men and women who are leading fulfilled, happy, joyful lives without a, a primary relationship. Mm. So I think both are, both is possible. All right. My guest is Sharon Wegshitter cruz Her book is Calling All Women, From Competition to Connection, Advice and Inspiration for Women of All Ages. And Sharon, they can log on to www. SharonWCruz.com, and it's S-H-A-R-O-N-W-C-R-U-S-E.com. All right. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com and today we're talking about women and fulfillment and success and happiness and joy. My guest is Sharon Wegshedder-Cruz, and her book is Calling All Women from Competition to Connection, Advice and Inspiration for Women of All Ages. Sharon Wegshedder-Cruz is a nationally known consultant, educator, and author of 17 books, many of which have been translated into French, German, Spanish, Greek, Portuguese, and Japanese. She was the founding chairperson of the National Association for Children of Alcoholics. As a family therapist, she's conducted workshops around the world, consulted with the military, school systems, business and industry, treatment centers, and corporations. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you. Let's talk about um, women in terms of what happens next in their life, whether they're going through a divorce or they're going through a transition. And uh, let's see, I'm not sure exactly what you'd like to talk about unless you'd like to talk about... Well, I'm thinking about the whole idea of how do we find fulfillment when we are in that transition period in our life. Okay. I think that uh, when we are in transition, it's both an opportunity and a handicap. I think the handicap part is it usually means added stress because things are new and different, but it also means excitement because things might be different in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the hard ones that, that I think women face are uh, second marriages and stepmothering. There are all kinds of special issues around that. And divorce itself is like, um, it's been described by some as a mini death. It's the death to how things have been without knowing what's going to happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. So in that transition time, because as you said, it's mixed. It can be excitement and then there's fear because you don't know what's coming. Absolutely. And sometimes you feel in limbo. You do feel in limbo, but this is also um, the time that you can grow a lot in your own self-worth. Uh, I liken it sometimes to uh, a trapeze artist, and you've seen how um, a trapeze artist is going through the air and you have to let go, and there's that moment of time when you're not hanging on to the trapeze that you let go of and you haven't grabbed the other one yet. And you somehow intuitively... Somehow, intuitively, that is the beginning of faith. 
because you can't hang on to the past and you don't know when you're how you're going to go forward and it's it's a form of faith that I think is transformative in I that moment I, I don't know if you know Gail Blanke Gail Blanke no, is, is a good friend of mine the name uh-huh. of her book is Between Tra- Trapezes oh, that's interesting. put a whole book on that that's and what you go through with your life transitions and she makes that transition and she says that when you are flying in midair that often that's the richest time of growth well it is it is. It's what I actually call the, the transformative moment in my writing. Mm-hmm. Because nothing, nothing as you have known it before is going to hold you, and you have no clue as to what's out ahead of you. And uh, therein lies the, the sign of whether you are a person of power or a person of fear. Now, a fearful person will try to grab both ways. They will try to hang on to what has gone before and maybe reach back. Definitely they'll lose their balance and fall. Or they may grab forward for anything without being sure of where they're going. Definitely they will lose their balance and fall. The person of faith will fly, knowing it's time to leave the past and trusting that it's going to be okay in the future. This is the moment in time is where we work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's where you become the person you want to be um, and before you find that soulmate. I mean, I think if there's anything you've said in this, you have to have faith because you can be very fearful during this time. You don't know what's coming. There's a lot to be You don't know whether of. you'll land or whether you'll fall. That's and exactly right. you have to believe right. you're going to land. But your odds are better if you can flow. When all, all resistance becomes some kind of pain, whatever we resist will hurt whenever we go with it. And on a very practical, on a very practical level, that means you get up in the day, you begin a new day fresh, and you're open to whatever is going to happen that day and see where it goes and not try to control it. And in that come the surprises. That's part of the faith. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How true. And All right, we have, go ahead, because I, I want to ask you about one other big piece in your book. No, you go right ahead. And that is mother-daughter relationships. Oh, that's a biggie. That's a very big one because there is the core. I don't know if you've studied the works of Christine Northrup, and she wrote a wonderful book on mothers and daughters, but um, the mother-daughter relationship, according to her, is the toughest one to navigate. And when we have navigated that one, all other relationships become easier. Mm. And um, it, it is very true. In one of my re- retreats that I give, I have one that includes a specialized program for mothers and daughters. And uh, I have seen some of the deepest pain and some of the greatest joy in the mothers and daughters who come and spend this week together. There's a built-in competition to some extent between mothers and daughters. Um, and it really doesn't have anything to do with a third party. It's that every mother has the opportunity to see herself all over again. And there isn't a mother alive that doesn't have some regrets and, and some sorrows and some losses. And she sees all that possibility again in her, in her, in her daughter. And some mothers are able to navigate that, and other mothers become very uh, competitive with it. Mm-hmm. And most of this is out of awareness. Mm. And then when you've had a problematic relationship with your mother or you've had a narcissist as a mother, for example, 
that causes a lot of issues. It's very, very difficult. It's very difficult. Some daughters are set up um, to be the special one in the family, and other daughters are set up to help the mother feel good about herself. You know, there's an old saying is that in healthy families, children, mothers are there to be there for their children. In unhealthy families, children are there to be there for their mothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of there's just a lot of very subtle pain, and it's not okay in our culture to fight with your mother, to not like your mother, to be embarrassed by your mother, uh, and it's okay. I mean, it's not okay in our culture. Uh, uh, vice versa, it's it's not okay to be angry with your daughter. It's not okay uh, to be jealous of your daughter. And so all these feelings both ways go buried for years and years and years mm-hmm. and come out sideways later on. And some of that gets in the way of all future relationships. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I deal with that quite extensively in the book. The mother-daughter relationship cannot be ignored. It must be gone through. And that's where it's important that we look at these things. They're not easy to look at because you have to face the truth, and as you said, then you have to come out of denial, Sharon, and say, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I really feel this way, or maybe my mother wasn't such a nice person, or maybe my father wasn't as kind as we thought. And sometimes, you know, those are the people don't want to look at that. It's a big step if someone can say, you know, I came from this family, I understand my parents gave me what they, what they gave me, but... It wasn't enough, it wasn't the right thing, and they really didn't always have my well-being. I need to ask this, because I've asked this before, and this is going to sound uh, n- maybe not as positive, but I sometimes wonder if people in denial maybe have it easier because they don't face all that pain that you must face, Sharon, when you get out of denial. That's exactly right. And sometimes, Patricia, doesn't it just look like it would be kind of nice to just go through on an upper uh, flat level and not feel all of that pain? But what you have to remember, and I've seen this over and over in my work the last 30 years, is to the level to which you can feel pain is the same level in the other direction that you can feel satisfaction and joy. Mm. And so he or she who has faced their pain and their demons, mm-hmm. he or she also has a great opportunity to feel joy and connection. But when you're saying you're not emotionally available or you're emotionally distant, then you, you're not feeling the great joy either is what you're saying. That's right. Because you, you kind of walk through life in this safe zone. Yes. And, and it's a safe Or critical zone, criticizing other things and people. Correct. Correct. But you just stay in this sort of uh, very narrow emotional life. And sure, um, I hear comments from people who live in that zone all the time. The comments are uh, things like, well, I don't let those things bother me. Yeah. Or you have to grow out of that. Yeah. Or it doesn't do any good to talk about that. Or I prefer to keep everything to myself. You know, That's we right. could go on and on. There's 50 different um had answers that one can give when one is in denial and wants to avoid feeling. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, people who do want to be more real and know their own truth 
will find other people, whether it's a primary relationship or a girlfriend relationship, as I talk about in the book. Girlfriends are a great way to practice for relationships. And um, and you will find people who who will go there with you. They'll go to the pain with you, and they'll go to the laughter with you. Um, I am part of a of a group. I won't go into details because it's a very uh, private uh, kind of group, but it's a group where people have experienced a lot of pain. And um, we had a meeting this week, and I was listening to people say, isn't it amazing that we can cry and pass the tissues and get into wild giggling at the same time? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because these people have left their comfort zone. They can feel high joy and connection, and they mm-hmm. can feel pain. Wonderful. What do you want to leave our listeners with today about your book, Calling All Women from Competition to Connection, Advice and Inspiration for Women of All Ages. I think what I'd like to, the message I'd like to leave, and both men and women can take it from the book, and uh, I hope your women um, listeners will think about uh, inviting the men into their, into their world by giving them this book as a gift. But what I want to leave is that women are stronger and more capable than they think they are. They have incredible ability to make connections. They can solve many of their own problems with a little directed information. And uh, through these connections, healing happens. Hmm. Sharon, it's always really a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you. It really is. Thank you so much. I enjoy Yeah, it uh, really is. And it's said with such eloquence. Uh, tell people, we have a couple of minutes left, so tell people how they can learn about your work and your, and your website and your workshops. Great. If they go to my website, www.sharonwcruse.com, www.sharonwcruise.com, I have a free newsletter that comes out. Um, if they go to the website, there's a little typewriter that pops up, and if they put their email address, they will get uh, free copies of a, of a really fun newsletter that connects women. Uh, my, my retreats and workshops are listed in that website, and uh, they can always write me at SharonWCruz at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you Sharon so much, Cruz at gmail.com. Thank you. Sharon Thank w. you, Patricia. At gmail.com, Sierra USA. All right, folks, that's, um, that does it for this segment of Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com. Write to me, Patricia, Patricia Raskin. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. And we'll be with you next Monday between 2 p.m. Eastern and 3, and, and uh, that's 11 a.m. Pacific. And again, write to me, Patricia, PatriciaRaskin.com. Until next week. I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Have a great week. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com.
listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 